Welcome, travelers. You may be wondering why this sounds a little different. That's because Corey's out of town, and when Corey's gone, we have a little bit of fun. This week's episode, we go over some guys that you should not be drafting, or if they're on your roster, maybe get rid of them. These guys are overrated, and I'm joined by a special guest, Aaron St. Dennis, the FF Mad Scientist. It's going to be a good one, so stick around. roll into a little intro for Aaron. Dude, thanks so much for coming on the show. We're excited to have you. Uh, what I have written down for you, you are a writer at the FF League Winners. You host the Mad Science Lab, and my dogs heard that, and they're really excited to come listen to it. But uh, is there anywhere else that the people can find you, and uh, what got you into fantasy in the first place? Uh, I also write for DLF and Player Profiler and King Fantasy Sports. Uh, I can be found on ECR on Fantasy Pros. I'm now a uh, director of content at the League Winners. Um, and I got into it because I'm from Canada and I'm a hockey fan. And during COVID, all my fantasy hockey leagues died. So I ended up getting into football. And next thing you know, this is what I do. So football was not really my number one. That was hockey. But there's no market for uh, fantasy hockey, even in Canada. So. So even in Canada, they're uh, dropping hockey, huh? Well, there, there's leagues. It's just it's nowhere near as popular as fantasy football. Like I can play in a handful of leagues, but there's not exactly people going to you know to watch your watch shows on your fantasy hockey rankings, and it's not nearly as crazy as fantasy football. I gotcha. There's more clicks, more people interested. I am so sorry about that, but so we just brought a new rescue home and then combining that with the hounds that we already have, it's uh, a full house to say the least. Eric, what's up? What's up, guys? This is the most dressed I've ever seen you for a podcast episode. We're doing like YouTube stuff, so I'm out of my PJs. Yeah. I have pants on too now. Look at you. But uh, all right, so uh, guest opportunity my wife decided to write our cold open question that we normally go with. So what is the cutest baby animal? Aaron, you're the guest. You get to go first. What do you think? I had no idea and I had to Google this. And then I let my kids scroll through the Google results with me. And we decided on either baby piglets or have you Googled a picture of what a giraffe looks like as a newborn? It's adorable. Yes, I have. So I think we, we went with baby giraffe with a close second as a baby pig. That amazing answer. I can't think of anything better, especially with the kid involved. That's just like a alley. Thank, thank the eight-year-old for that. He much nice. like my Scott Fishbowl division, he chose it all himself. So very cool. Eric, what do you think? Cutest baby animal? Have you see the baby sloth? Those I have not the cutest. See, the first thing I thought of was a Pokemon when you said that. So I'm gonna Google baby sloth while you're doing that. Baby sloth. Oh, it's adorable. Uh-huh. I mean, the adults are pretty cute too, but the baby sloths just take it to a whole other level. Evan, what you think? Uh, I'm going with the baby red panda. Hold on. A baby red panda kind of looks like a, a scared fox. <laughs> yeah, they do. Man, we are crushing it today. The dogs, the phone calls, life never stops. 
Well, I've got a new puppy and an eight-year-old in the background, so I imagine my background will interrupt us at some point. So yeah. good luck. Somehow you've been the quietest of all of us so far. But... Oh, no, it, it never lasts. I have shows where I'll be quiet for an hour during show prep, not a noise. And then the second I click live or record, I've got a phone call. Someone's knocking at the door. The dogs are fighting and my kid's losing his mind. So it never lasts. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, for my baby animal, I wanted to go with a baby dragon. And this is a little bit of a little plug here. So we're, we're now sponsored by Dubby. And they have a flavor called Dragonade. It tastes like just like blue Kool-Aid. It's actually pretty sweet. I tried it yesterday. Um, but for the listeners, if you want to try Dubby, use code FFRPG at checkout and you get 10% off and a little bit of commission comes back to the show. Help the hummies help you win championships. So appreciate that. Uh, going into our news and topics, does anybody have anything that they really desperately want to cover? Or you want to get into the biggest notes? Well, you know, you know me being a gambling guy, ESPN getting a service is pretty nice. So they're going to have ESPN bet. They're partnering with Penn Entertainment. So it's big news. Yeah, it's exciting. Make deposits. I am almost completely useless in that part of the conversation. I'm in Canada and half this stuff doesn't, you know, doesn't come up. Uh, I don't know how many, someone asked me once, do you want to do a, a column on underdog every week? And I'm like, I'm in Canada. I go in and it won't even let me access it. It says, sorry, this is unavailable in your region. So it's a different world down here. Brutal. Uh, there's not really much to say other than, you know, ESPN's making a sports book. That's exciting. But moving into some of the depth chart battles, I mean, for starters, depth charts are kind of useless this time of year. Bijan Robinson, number eight overall pick, was listed third on the Falcons depth chart. Anyone panic selling? The best prospect since Barkley? No? All right, moving on. Uh, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield were named co-starters for the Buccaneers. This is actually a real storyline to keep your eyes on. They've already came out and said it's going to be Baker for week one of the preseason, Trask for week two of the preseason to start, and then whoever's winning the battle, you, that'll be revealed week three of the preseason. So, Eric, what do you think? Who's going to win the battle? I'm sorry, which team are we talking about? I didn't hear. Between the Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, and Kyle Trask, second-round goober, who's going to win the duel? Obviously Kyle Trask. It's the Kyle Trask podcast, man. Why would Kyle Trask not win that job? We are all on board the Kyle Trask game right here. I don't want to see Baker throw a pass during the regular season. We are all aboard. We are Traskers. I think we are, ironically. Uh, Aaron, do you have real analysis or – Week one of the NFL season, the starting quarterback is Baker Mayfield. That's how it's going to be. The quarterback by committee means that it's Baker's job until Baker shits his pants, and inevitably they have to look for somebody else, and they give Trask a shot before also declaring him a bust, which just means they're drafting a quarterback next year. Or bringing in Carson Wentz to uh, complete his whole outfit with the Eagles helmet, the commander's jersey, the Colts shorts. Let's get some Buccaneers cleats on there. It'd be a good look. Jesus Christ. Uh, Let's go through. So fake news, big news today. Kareem Hunt kind of to the Saints did that. So it happened. It unhappened. Now he's allegedly going to the Colts because they offered him more money. Evan, do you think he actually signs with the Colts or do you think that he's still trying to decide? 
No, I think he's going to use Jim Yersey as a uh, pawn to be able to get more money from some other team because why would any free agent want to play for him? I mean, that's probably the best opportunity to get touches if Jonathan Taylor's holding out, sitting out, or actually hurt. But, yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt's just money back, Jason, at this point. Anybody else have really important thoughts on a 28-year-old running back with off-the-field problems? No? He's got a a better chance in Indy than in New Orleans. True. That's a backfield that's just a disaster. All right. Burroughs injury. All reports so far that he was going to be ready for week one, and now it's looking like he may linger into the season. Is this going to remove him from your boards for redraft, and does it drop him down for dynasty at all, or impacts one, not the other? Aaron, what do you think? It doesn't impact him for dynasty at all. Uh, redraft, I don't think it impacts him. Jamar Chase is right, though. They're playing for a Super Bowl, not the first month of the season. He's right. They should just let him sit the first month or whatever and play in week five. I don't think they're going to. I, I, I tell you the truth, I can't even tell you who the backup is on Cincy right now, but I can tell you Joe Burrow is likely going to be starting if he can. But he shouldn't be. He should sit, so... No, nope, I'm going to assume he plays week one, and it's not it's not changing my uh, my ranking of him at all for redraft, at least not yet, unless we hear otherwise. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that would try to play through it. And then, I mean, it's you're not drafting Joe Burrow for immense rushing upside. You're drafting him because he throws a touchdown one out of like every 10 passes. His touchdown rate is insane. Uh, Evan, any thoughts on Burrow or just, you know, he's certified good at football and hot? Yeah, I mean, dynasty-wise, there's absolutely no change. And redraft, I mean, maybe you can make the argument of dropping him a slot. But, yeah, really not much. I want want him when I'm making playoffs, and I'll just draft my team accordingly. Fair. Wasn't his Uh, best season coming off the year where he came off the the leg injury, where everyone said he's not going to be able to run, he pass on him, and he blew it up anyways? He just threw for, what was it? Not 5,050 touchdowns, but it was probably close. It was unreasonably close. And, yeah. I mean, for a guy coming off of that, that's it was some insane production. But we haven't covered this yet. The rest of the world already knows it. But Kamara suspended for three games. We think that's probably a little light, given that we've seen the video and Jamison Williams got six games for betting from a hotel room. But – do we think that when he comes back, he's going to be the same player? Or, Aaron, do you think that he's going to be inefficient like he was last season? Well, I think he's definitely going to be inefficient. But I think the Saints know that, and that's why they're stacking this backfield. From what it sounds like, he's been lining up a lot at wide receiver. And I know every running back in training camp is taking routes as wide receiver, and that's the thing. But he may actually, you know, for his age and decreasing in, or in decrease in efficiency, they may start – lining him up out wide and just using him as a glorified receiver. That's what he did best anyways. He was never the rusher. So take the punishing carries off of him. Give it to Kendra Miller. Give it to Jamal Williams, whatever, you know, have him out there. And maybe that's why they're bringing in Hunt. Let Hunt be the pass catcher for a few games and then mix him in. But I think, I don't know. I I think it's definitely light on the suspension, but three games uh, suspension is wonderful for his owners. It's a nightmare, this backfield, though. I think, you know, Camara's ADP was probably going to start shooting up with the news of only three games. I don't know if I really want any of these guys at their current ADP. Jamal Williams isn't going to score 17 touchdowns. Kendra Miller with 
four guys in this backfield. Looks like the odd man out, but um, unless I can get Kamara at a significant discount like he was before the news, I'm probably not going to have him either. No, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm still excited for Kendra for 2024, but as far as 2023, it's just a backfield to avoid. I'm going to let Evan, you want to hit on this one? I don't know what this means, but it seems like college stuff. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so it's the uh, Tez Walker rumors and and notification basically to him uh, that I think got given today or yesterday. Uh, he was trying to play at UNC and transfer, but he had originally been given a and been told that he was going to get a uh, eligibility letter and waiver basically to be able to play because he technically started his career at, uh, oh man, I'm trying to remember, uh, NC Central uh, for his career. That was during the COVID season when their season got canceled. So he transferred to Kent State and played at Kent State. And his argument now is, well, you're saying I transferred twice from the NCAA. So his eligibility got denied for immediate playing time to be able to be the Z receiver for UNC this coming season. Uh, His argument is I never got to play for the first team, so that shouldn't count. Uh, So there's a a pretty big battle going on, PR battle with the NCAA uh, and UNC right now. Uh, He was a all Mac, I think if I remember correctly, last year wide receiver. Okay. Is he somebody we should have an eye on for draft season next year? Like, is this a first, second, maybe third round rookie or? No, no, I mean, yeah, it's just something interesting. You know, you hear about the immediate transfers and how NIL is changing all the deals um, with colleges and the quick transfers. So it's just something to remember from a a fan standpoint. If you get too many of those transfers cooped up, uh, then the NCAA could potentially tell you, sorry, sit out. Cool. Well, good to know. Uh, unless there's any other news or notes that anybody wants to cover, we're going to move into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is some overvalued, must avoid, don't draft, whatever you want to call them, landmine players. We're each going to take a minute. You're going to pitch one player, say, this is a guy. I don't like him. This is why. And then the other two will vote. If we both agree with you, then we'll add them to our little graphic after the show. If we split it, we'll talk about it. If we both disagree, we'll laugh at you. So, Aaron, you're the guest. Would you like to go first or last? Last. Last. All right. Well, on that note, I'll go ahead and uh, lead us off. So this is for Dynasty Fantasy Football, and we got our ADP from BulletproofFF.com. And as it stands now, uh, an overvalued quarterback is Bryce Young. He's currently going off the board as the quarterback eleven. And this has nothing to do with him as a prospect. If you listen to the show, you know that I'm already like not super in love with him. I'm rooting for the kid, but I don't think it's going to work out. Uh, from fantasy football, he's probably never going to finish as a top 10 quarterback. He has minimal rushing upside. He's If he does start rushing, his coach is going to pull him by the collar and ask him what he's doing. And he's not surrounded by great weapons like a Joe Burrow. And the team doesn't have the firepower to go get him any. So going as a quarterback 11, he's going in front of guys like uh, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, some guys that we've seen actually produce on a football field that are tied to better situations. Um, I would just rather see him wait a little bit and see some production. I just don't see the ceiling play for Bryce Young. What do you guys think? Yes, no, maybe so. 
I agree. I think he w- he went too early. It's not necessarily that I don't think he'll be good. It's just it's the same argument I'm going to make for my player at some point. You know, he's got Dak went after him, Kyler went after him, Tua went after him, even Daniel Jones. Like I'd rather have the proven commodity than the rookie who I know nothing about. And my if okay, so I've got the draft board up, and if I'm reading this right, it's a super flex draft we've done here, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. So in this format, much like why you'll hear with my guy, I, I need someone safer. I, I'm not willing to to take him that early in a super flex league. Give me the proven commodity over the uh, the risk. I get it. He paired him with Jalen Hurts in this, but I just I, I like my, he got later in the draft. He got Geno Smith, and I'd much rather have that you know the Geno Smith than take mm-hmm. Bryce Young in the second round of a a, a super flex startup dynasty. For sure. And Evan, this is ADP. From, it's from Bulletproof, but do you know where they get their sourcing from? Or Yeah, yeah. so it's a Deco FF uh, from Twitter. And uh, basically he scrapes from actual money leagues on Sleeper. So all of this is coming directly from money leagues on Sleeper uh, and when they're getting drafted this offseason specifically. Sweet. So give me a thumbs up if you think Bryce Young is overrated. Sweet. That's great for the audio only people, but we all gave a thumbs up. So Bryce Young didn't make the cut. He's too bad at football. Must avoid landmine, terrible player. None of that's true, but he's just a little overvalued in dynasty settings right now. Evan, you want to hit us with your first option? Yeah. So my first option here is going to be Ramondre Stevenson uh, coming off the board as RB12 at the very beginning of the fifth round. And what I look at him and see is a guy that had 88 targets last year. That seems way too high moving forward, in my opinion. Bill Bryan offense, uh, getting Mac Jones back on track. Not as many dump offs. You know, the receiving weapons are still absolute garbage there. And they tried to add a little bit extra in Kasiki going there. Maybe they they get a couple more targets out of him, but I get I get the love on Ramondre. I just think it's too soon, and especially with a backfield that over the years has consistently been one of those backfields that if you make a mistake, Bill's pulling you from the game. He's sitting you down if you fumble the ball, uh, if you drop a pass in a critical situation. You know, it's a backfield that has a lot of volatility, uh, in my opinion, even without having any big names behind him. I think right now with uh, would it be Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong? I mean, you know, you're not really dealing yep. with too much. Um, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, Ty Montgomery. Okay, sure. <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> consider him. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a one season type of thing for Ramondre. And if somebody were to tell me that I could turn Ramondre into a first, which if I would get a first for a fifth. I still want more in a startup. So I see him as not enough value for where he's going. I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, It seems like he's a one-year, maybe a two-year play. And that's just what's tough about drafting running backs at a startup is their long-term value is never secure. And the way that Bill Belichick talks about Stevenson, it seems like he's really on board with him. But that could just be coach speak. And one day he just kicks him out the door. Aaron, do you think he's overrated or – yeah, see, it's, it's tough for me because I treat dynasty running backs like redraft running backs. It's what you can do for me this year 
but I'm not all that high on him for redraft as it is. I don't trust Bill Belichick. I don't think he's going to have as many uh, receptions. I, I think somebody in the back, one of the younger, uh, stronger Harris is going to factor in. This offense is probably going to suck. I I, just, I agree. I think he's too uh, too high priced for me. There's plenty of other players I'd rather have later. I'm I'm, I'm just not a Stevenson guy. I Sweet. will uh, say he's overrated. Yep. So we're all out on Stevenson. He gets the poop emoji in the show sheets and thumbs up. Get rid of him. Aaron, go ahead and lead us into your first round, not draft pick. Well, mine is similar to yours, except I went earlier. QB nine is Anthony Richardson. Um, if this was a single QB startup, maybe I could go with it, but a super flex startup here. And this is his only quarterback on the draft board. I have it up. His only quarterback till round nine when he goes Will Levis and Mac Jones. I hate this quarterback room for a, uh, a super flex league. I would rather have Bryce Young over Anthony Richardson in Superflex, he's much safer. Same with CJ Stroud. I get it. Anthony Richardson's a, ce- a ceiling play. He could be, you know, Jalen Hurts. He could also be Jamarcus Russell. If I'm using a se- the 201 to take QB9 and it's Anthony Richardson, I've done something wrong. I would have just passed here. I've, d- I've had this at the turn in many startups. I've passed. I've taken a wide receiver and a running back, and I've waited till it came back around at the three twelve or three hundred one, depending on the reversal. And I've taken Dak or Tua. I just the value's not here. I, I get it. If he hits, you're you're going to look great drafting him at QB nine. If you're just investing way too much for probably a player that's not that likely to hit to not that likely to hit to be this highly ranked. So I'm yeah. Just out. Uh, it's unfortunate because AR is kind of my heartthrob. Like I love him. I loved him pre-combine. I loved him after the combine. I loved him during the interviews. Like every part of his game just like speaks to me from a fantasy level. Uh, but he is, he is overrated to me right now too. Like going as a top 10 quarterback, first round quarterbacks have a 50% bust rate. If he hits, he's going to hit big. I, I will argue a little bit. Like, I don't know if Bryce Young is safer because if you go back, like, Sam Darnold was safer. Like Baker Mayfield was safer. Like if you're going to pick the guy that's quote unquote safer, if they bust, they still bust. But if they hit, they only like kind of hit, but quarterback nine's a little too rich for my blood. Evan, what do you think? So for me, a lot of it comes down to team build. I can make the argument for him as QB nine. If you're going with that team build of basically saying, yeah, okay, I'm expecting to punt that first year and be able to use him and parlay him into building a team that has the youth upside to be able to hopefully get the one or two next year. And then you're putting all of your chips into basically two quarterbacks. Yeah, he didn't do two that here. Quarterbacks. <laughs> so yeah, no, and he didn't do it here, which just, just to clarify, you know, it's not really a draft. It's more based off of ADP and that's just kind of where those guys slot. So the team 12 is more just kind of ADP of where they slot versus actually drafting a, a real team from that situation, just to clarify that. Um, so that would be my argument is if you really, really want to dive into the productive struggle, but you need to know Richardson potentially a bust. Like we all love him. I know Mike and I have big Richardson fans, Eric, not so much, but his athleticism is, is through the roof. So there's a lot of potential there. But bottom line, is he overrated or 
properly rated? I think it's close. I think it's close, but I'd say slightly overrated. Okay. He gets the poop emoji. That's tough for him. And we're not going to do this snake draft style. We're just going to do it linear like it's 1994 and we have to use a newspaper to get our stats. But go in to my second pick. We have Christian McCaffrey. He's still going off the board as the running back too. Uh, also, like it's in history, like this guy is 27. Yes, he is game-breaking for fantasy when he is on the field. But going at the 205, you're taking a 27-year-old running back before you're taking – there's names like Kyler Murray, like Tua. I'm pretty sure you have some of the really, really good receivers like Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith behind him. Like, Why not take the guy that's going to give you elite production at a position of need for seven or eight years instead of one running back? Then you have the elite you know, potential of Pitts going in the third. This looks to me like someone who panicked in the fourth and said, I've got to take a tight end. They took Hawkinson, and then everyone else on the board said, no, we're good. We'll just cool off, and they waited two and a half rounds to get the rest of them. I just, I think Hawkinson's terrible value here. He should be closer. I don't even care the tight end four overall. He should be down closer to the sixth or seventh round with the rest of them. That's pretty savage, but, I mean, Evan, what do you think? You think that Hawkinson's a good pick there, or? Yeah, so what I'm going to say is obviously this is very health dependent, but when you look at what he did last year in all the games except the Bears game, obviously because he didn't really play the entire game um, from actually getting any kind of targets, he only got one target that game, played like, I don't know, 40% of the snaps or something like that. But you look at the time when he was on Minnesota, he was averaging 9.4 targets a game. If you take that and you put that out to 16, games you're talking 150 targets and you're talking about one of the most efficient passing offenses in the nfl you're talking about a team that loves to sling the ball around you have kirk in his final contract year kirk in his final year of the contract and kirk is going to want to sling the ball around gonna be wanting to show what he can do this year put up massive yard totals i get it jordan addison came in so there is that question but adam Thielen also left so you have all of that to look at, but I am perfectly fine with Hawkinson at that price. Evan, he just only, a quick question. Do you think that Hawkinson last year though? <laughs> That's it. Do you think that Hawkinson out tar- or receives more targets than Addison does this year and moving forward, or just this year, or not at all? No, I, I think he outperforms Addison for targets this year and next year. Uh, so I think you're getting at least two years of the second option in that offense. The question with Hawkinson would be next year, how does it work out? Is Kirk going to be the quarterback there? Are they going to have a new quarterback? That's the biggest question, in my opinion, with Hawkinson, not the usage. Yes, I agree. He only got 129 targets last year, but you also have to look at his usage on Detroit versus his usage in Minnesota. It's a, a night and day difference in his usage totals. But his previous high in Detroit was 101. His high in Minnesota was 129 and one of the highest pass volume offenses we've ever seen. And then, you know, I I think Jordan Addison as a rookie will be better than Thielen was last year. And that's an even better point. What if it's not Christian Kirk? What if this team has two decent receivers and a garbage quarterback? What if this becomes a running team next year and there's not a good quarterback in those targets? 
turn, go from 129 to 99 in their garbage targets from a Kyle Trask. Well, it's just nice because Kirk Cousins is going to leave, and then uh, they're going to trade for Trey Lance, and then Evan oh. will be right on both Trey Lance and Hawkinson. Oh, that makes but, me feel better, having Trey Lance as his quarterback. But uh, all right, I think that we're split on that one. So unfortunately, Aaron, you're going to have to go back to the batter's cage later. But And just real gonna, quick, he yeah, had 107 it. targets last year. So if we think that Addison's getting over 107 targets, like I strongly disagree with that. Who had 107? Thielen. Thielen. Yeah, oh. Thielen had 107 oh. targets last year. Thielen was dust last year, though. He, he had the same knees that we do. But anyway, so pushing to my last pick of the day, I have Dalvin Cook, RB29. I just, I just want to know what we're doing out here, people. Like, this guy doesn't have a job. He looked pretty inefficient last year. He has a shoulder injury. I, it does not make sense to me that he's going ahead of guys that actually have jobs. I'm going to pull up the ADP again because I'm reading from the show notes right now. <sighs> here are some of the people that are going – around or after him. So there's Alexander Madison, the guy that took his job that is younger, that has a guaranteed workload. Roshan Johnson, a lot of people are hot and bothered by Roshan and uh, Chicago. Both of the commanders, soon to be renamed guys, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, like I'd rather take a shot on either of them. Basically there are guys that are signed to rosters with roles that will be valuable for fantasy. And I, I do not know what Cook is doing, because even if he signs somewhere, like, is he really a difference maker for your fantasy team? Or are you just holding on because he's got a cool name and you recognize him? So I'm completely out on Dalvin Cook in all formats. I sold him for a first and second at the trade deadline last year. Felt very good about that. Anybody disagree? I, it's tough. In, see, okay. I get it. If you can get that return for him, fine. For me, I agree with everything you said, but I'm looking at the draft board. This part of a startup draft, I'm no longer drafting the young studs. I'm drafting the what are you? What can you do for me this year? Because I personally think, I get it. He may, may land in a crappy spot, but the potential of him landing in Miami and doing more for my team this year than a Kendra Miller or a Roshan. And don't get me wrong, I'm the Roshan guy. But it, I, I think I would rather take Dalvin in the startup. But I, I what, don't think he's what a are good the odds guy. that Cook just doesn't sign anywhere? Like there, there's a chance that nobody likes him or he just signs somewhere as a depth he's piece. Gonna, like, he's going to sign somewhere. He's going to get to play somewhere. Just, I mean, it's currently August 8th. When's the last time that a free agent running back signed somewhere and was valuable for fantasy all in like a one-month one span? I like I can't remember that ever happening. We're – I'm not saying he's going to be valuable, but RB29 doesn't have to be very good to outproduce RB29 value. Like, I don't think he's overvalued or undervalued. I just think you're at the point in a startup here where most of these guys aren't going to be that great for you anyways. Like, you're not getting studs here. I just think he has a, a greater one-year potential at age 27 than some of these guys. Like, if you give me – you told me – Cook is going to sign as a starter somewhere for one year, or you can have the entire career of Gibson or Brian Robinson. Give me one year of Cook over the careers of either of those two. I mean, I what about know. Madison going two spots after him? 
I hate Madison, so I would take – there's not a player on this board I wouldn't take over Madison. I'm out. But, but the same thing would be said for James Conner, who goes down in the 11th. I think one, if nobody signs with Arizona, I'd like James Conner at one year over A.J. Dillon, Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson. At this point, like yeah. I don't mind taking a rookie like Miller or Roshan or Bigsby and stashing them for the future. But like I, I just if you look at it as a one year production, I'd rather have Dalvin Cook and just hope he lands somewhere good. I don't think he's it's, overvalued or undervalued. He's just in a range where just valued. I just I don't care. It's a range where I'm just gonna hope he hits. If not, oh well, it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, I'm glad that you scrolled down and you saw James Conner. Like that's the, a little more fuel to my fire. Like I would rather have the Camaro with a job. The Connor with a job. Oh, well, let's assume Kamara is not going to go there now. That's just, I yeah. skipped over him at the ten oh nine because I'm assuming that this draft was before that yeah. game. Like, yeah, if you okay, if you want to put it in, in perspective like that, he is overvalued then because I would take James Connor at eleven oh two over Dalvin Cook at nine oh eight. But it's it's a it's a matter of who you compare him with. Mm-hmm. Like, What's interesting to me is that Cook is going where he's going, and then the same guys from his draft class that have also displayed good upside that are also flirting around on the market, like Fournette's going at 67, Hunt's going at 68. Like They're just as likely to sign somewhere and have a role as Dalvin Cook is, right? I think Cook, when healthy, looked better than them last year. He I'm not going like to argue that in the tank, But marginally but, better. Yeah. I mean, our, we're comparing like – a 1984 truck to a 1985 truck. Like you're just happy they turn on still. So but that's what I mean. All the, the running backs in this range are 1984 and 1985 trucks. So it's a matter of who you compare them to. Would I rather have Rashad white around earlier? Hell yeah. Would I probably take his brother two picks earlier? Yep. But it's just like, you know, I could compare him to, to Madison and say he's undervalued. I could compare him to Connor and say he's overvalued. This is yeah. the point of the draft where it's really subjective. And I think I'm just indifferent on this one. I don't think he's over or undervalued. Um, my, if you're looking for a win now, I think he's undervalued. If you're looking for a rebuild or a, a, a productive struggle, he's way overvalued. So that's yeah. my final take on it, I guess. Okay. I have to say, Evan, you want to say something about Cook real quick? Yeah, I was just going to say the only landing spot for him that I can see this being a value pick would be Miami at this point. Like everywhere that he's talked to, I just can't see the fit working out to the point where he's going to be able to produce enough. And I get it. He still was a production monster last year. You still look at him, but I would make the argument for a David Montgomery who's locked in two years in Detroit as the secondary back with Jameer Gibbs there over him. And you can make the argument for multiple other running backs in this area as well. Yep. I have to say with all honesty, if I was going to go one for three tonight, I didn't think that Bryce Young would be the one that hit. So you guys threw away my Dalvin Cook pick, but Evan, you want to move on to your last and final selection that I'm going to disagree with you on? Yeah, so uh, as many know already, uh, I am an Eagles fan, and it pains me to say that DeAndre Swift is a pick that I think is significantly overrated uh, based off of where he's going. When you look at the the board, it says that he's coming off at 702, RB19, and you look at what he's done in his previous seasons. No season has he played more than 14 games, so we have all that right there. 
We already know that the Eagles rotate backs like none other. They still have Boston Scott, who they absolutely love what he does. They have Gainwell. So we have Gainwell that's going to get the reception work as well. We have Jalen Hurts, who runs the ball a ton, doesn't really dump off to his running backs. Miles Sanders was upset about that last year, which I think is where Swift makes most, most of his hay. Uh, they have Rashad Penny, who they like inside the tackles. Yeah, okay, is he going to stay healthy? It's just a backfield where if you told me this was Swift's ADP and that's ball, I'd be all over it. But in a lineup league, I want nothing to do with it. No, you, you make a lot of great points there. And when you think about DeAndre Swift and like what he could have been, like second round draft capital coming from Georgia, you're like really excited for him to land in that Lions offense. But uh, he was the RB21 last year where he was catching passes. Jalen Hurts doesn't target his running backs. Uh, I said I was going to disagree with you, but I actually – I agree with you. RB19 is way, way too high for my likings. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah. This one's easy. You take a backfield spearheaded by the two most injury prone running backs in NFL history. And you add in that I have the higher rostership rate for Kenneth Gainwell than anyone anywhere in the NFL. <laughs> Give me all the Kenneth Gainwell I can take because the one of these two, if not both are going to go down and it's going to be the Kenneth Gainwell show. Deandre Swift is soft. They gave him away, gave him away to Philly. I don't think this is going to work. And if you if you ask me, I think Penny uh, profiles better as the starting running back. I think Swift at best is a pass catching type. I just I don't think this is this is going to work. Where did we have him in here? I, I didn't see. I don't remember. RB nineteen. He's at the seven oh two. RB nineteen at the seven oh two. Okay. Where do we see Penny's way down at RB forty four? So you want to <laughs> compare him there? Give me Penny, and it's not even close. Which means. Uh, what's his name? Gainwell is probably even further down as I scroll down here. RB 63. So I can take Gainwell and Penny instead of Swift. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I'm out. I'm out. He is way overvalued. Not a chance. No thanks. Aaron, this is why I love having you on the show and being on your show. One moment I'll vehemently disagree with you. And the next we're completely on the same page. Well, that's because I'm an uh, asshole. So it works out. We're just super in. Oh, but, sorry. Can you swear on your show? I forgot to ask. I swear uh, on my show. So we we did a whole drinking game on our show where we cursed okay. at each other for two hours. So oh, okay. yes, you can curse. I forgot. But anyway, to ask. Uh, Evan, you can. Uh, I don't know. Kick rocks. So Swift. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, we're all on the same page. Swift is yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I got completely mixed up there. I was like, yeah, no, we're all out on Swift. That's a bad thing, but. We don't want, we're going to be mean today. We're out on Swift. Swift is bad. Aaron, who else do you hate? My final guy is Dalton Kincaid. I just, I, I don't, I, he wasn't my guy. I did all the rookie profiles. We talked about this earlier. I think I had him at one point as my tight end five. I had Mayer. I had Laporta. At one point I had Washington who obviously moved down significantly. I had Musgrave. There were times where, like, I, I like Zach Koontz. I get he didn't get the draft capital or anything, but I'm not a Dalton Kincaid guy. The Bills are paying. I'm going to quote this off the top of my head. Dawson Knox, four years, $52 million, approximately. Dawson Knox isn't just going away. Then you look on this board here. I So he went at 704. I can get Waller at nine. I get he's old. Fryer moved at eight. Take that all day. Mayer at nine in the ninth. Laporta in the tenth. Injoku, Dulcich in the 10th, 11th. I, I, there's 
10 guys after him I would rather have, all at a significant discount. I think we're getting attached to the Buffalo Bills offense. I'm not sure he's that great. I think he's okay, but he's not tight end seven. I think we're drafting him here above his ceiling. And this is going to be one of those guys where if you draft, I, I didn't draft him in any uh, any of my rookie star, uh, my rookie drafts. He's going in what second round, first round. He's someone where I think you might be able to get him in a year or two on waivers, and then maybe if he breaks out year three or four, like most tight ends. I'm just I'm not taking a rookie tight end this early, especially when I think he was maybe the third or fourth best out of all the rookie tight ends. But I'm not the Kincaid guy, so it could be take lock. No, I'm completely on the same page. I as my tight end three for real football, and then my tight end two for fantasy. Uh, I actually, as we're looking at it, as I put him into the rest of the tight ends, I have him behind Waller. I have him behind Njoku. I have him behind Fryermuth. Like they're just guys that are further along in their progression, and they're not tied to rocket ship quarterbacks, but they're at least tied to guys that like to throw them the ball as they're running down the seam and give you a top eight option this year, like these tight ends are going to take a year two, maybe even three to develop. And the hype that's going around Kincaid is just, it's, it's so much that it's pushing him up so high that I can't draft him. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I know we, we joke about keep Drake cut pretty often on, on this show, uh, but he's been pushed all the way up to tight end five on there, uh, which is absolutely asinine. Uh, you look at the Knox contract, which Aaron, I totally agree. So you look at the Knox contract and it's like 26 million in dead cap this year. It's like 20 million in dead cap next year. And then the year after that, it's still 7.8. So you have a Bills team that's going to be cash strapped because of the Allen deal and how much cap is going to be absorbed by that deal. Stefan Diggs as well. You get your two major playmakers. I mean, they're going to have to change to going more two tight end sets to be able to make him viable. And Knox is already a receiving weapon. So, yeah, I just – I cannot get on board with how he's priced right now. And if somebody wants him, I will gladly trade him to them for that tight end five price, tight end seven price, even tight end nine price. I will yeah. gladly trade him. Yeah, go ahead and hold Kincaid and then give me Ninjoku in a second. Like, go ahead and hold Kincaid and give me Fryermuth and anything. Like, there are just so many ways that you can squeeze value out of this from a guy that – he got pushed up in the first round of rookie drafts for basically no reason. I think uh, I'd be willing to throw in a third to get Fryermuth. <laughs> so I think that we're all on the same page that Kincaid is garbage. He's not actually. We just think that he's the market is bad. I don't hate any players. I hate their value. No, I think so he's just, <laughs> So just running through our list real quick. Uh, I'm only going to hit the ones that we all agreed on. So – for me, it was Bryce Young as the quarterback 11, just too high. We want a little more sure thing at quarterback. At Evan, we have Ramondre Stevenson at the RB12. You know, just a one-year value, not going to hit it. Jamison Williams, RB or wide receiver 29. Uh, suspension, injury, off-the-field problems, on-the-field problems. Looks bad on the NFL rookie watch Twitter. They're just – any opportunity for you to hate him shows up. Swift at the RB19. It's a run first offense in Philly and Hertz is never checking the ball down. He's just going to run for a touchdown. Anthony Richardson, quarterback nine. Again, we want a sure thing. If you're going to take him top 10, they better have a top 10 season under their belt already. And then Dalton Kincaid, tight end seven, apparently tight end five on keep trade cut. 
which is why you should use keep trade cut only if you're ripping someone off. But Aaron, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you on. Uh, you want to tell the people where to find you and, you know, wrap us up. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. It was fun. Uh, you could find my written work at DLF player profiler, King fantasy sports and the FF league winners. You can find me on ECR and fantasy pros. You can find the mad science lab podcast pretty much anywhere on YouTube, Spotify, Apple pods, or search FF mad scientist on any social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. You can also find my show on TikTok. Uh, I'm on Twitter all over. So look for me there. I'll also be at the expo this weekend for anyone who's there. Awesome. How was the show with, uh, the FF hitman himself. It was good. It was good. Uh, you've been on the show and I got to prep in advance for you. I've only got a minute here, so I got to hurry this up, but um, yep. I got to prep and you told me your sleeper breakout and bust. He didn't get back to me in time. So I had to choose three players at random and Shoot we kind of just head. winged it. So I just chose three guys that I thought would be controversial. It worked out well. He was a good guy. So we had some fun. He knows his shit, obviously. So it was a, uh, one of those times where you think you're a big shot and then you realize again, it's like, oh, I'm nervous again. You know, you look at it and it's like, holy shit, this dude's on my podcast. And you feel small again. It's like, oh, all that progress you made. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm still nobody. Oh, well, it's cool, Aaron. And you're still big to us. Uh, Evan, I would tell you to tell people where to find you, but you don't have a Twitter. So look, we're working on it. All right. Me and social we'll media there. just don't get along. I'm like a 90 year old man trapped yeah. in a 28 year old man's body. All right. Well, Aaron, thanks again for coming on. And uh, this concludes the Fantasy Football RPG podcast. Thanks for having me, guys.